G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. The story. I had spoken about my career and how I felt like it all kind of went away, but he somehow found a way to get me back on track completely out of the blue. And I feel like we always think that God doesn't care about these tiny details in our lives, but God cares about every little thing that we care about. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, today we have part three of our conversation with Dr. Marette Abraham, who's the author of the book, Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood. On the past couple of programs, we heard about Marette's battle with anxiety and depression that began shortly after becoming a mother. She also shared how it caused her to question God and her relationship with him. Well, today, Marette continues to share her life journey and the special ways that God continues to lead her out of spiritual darkness. Once again, Marette is chatting with Eric Scadabo from her home in Sydney. We are all struggling. And what you see on Instagram is really just the highlight reel of someone's life. Why would someone post something that brings them sadness or something that doesn't bring them likes or doesn't Mm. bring shares? Or, Mm. you know, it's all become about exposure and how much attention I can attract. And unfortunately, the negative doesn't attract merely as much Mm. attention as the positive. And even, you know, you've got this movement of people trying to post real photos on Instagram. And I put real in, you know, inverted commas, like it's not real when you're taking 10 of the same photo and trying to pick one that has the best lighting or one that kind of your kids look cuter. in. It's it's not real This is exactly what I do, by the way, but thank you very much for the criticism. Post the real but, but I take stuff. your point, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and and it just it's just, you know, we see these images and, and we look at our own lives and our own kitchens mm, and our own yeah. kids and we're like, this is not what it looks like. A mum who's got, you know, five or six kids all under the age of five or six and her house is immaculate. That's sometimes and most of the time not real life for a lot of us. And it's yeah. difficult to yeah. to kind of prioritize those sort of things. Well, but over not to your mention, kids. I mean you're a doctor. You got stuff going on. I mean, there's yeah. a, lot, a lot going on besides your kitchen. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> um, Give yourself but, you a know, break, okay? Yeah, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's unfortunately that's mm. the reality of you know being a mum and even more so being a working mum, trying to think of a, a, a juggle and how to you know overcome the issues with juggling things, and it's just. The mental load and the mental mm. burden mm. becomes heavy and you you cry out for someone to help you with it, but we never actually say it out loud. We never ask for the help that we need. Mm. And, you know, to any mum listening or any woman listening, the burdens that we carry are huge, but you're not alone in mm. your burdens yeah. and yeah. we're all struggling with something. And what I may show you on my Instagram is not necessarily the reality of what I'm dealing with at home. Everybody has their crosses. Everybody mm. has you know, their difficulties that they're, that they're navigating. 
And I think working in the hospital and working with patients of different backgrounds and different walks of life has also given me, you know, that insight. Yeah. A lot of yeah. people look put together, mm-hmm. but they walk through the door and you know the diagnosis. Oh, you know the other side of the story, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they talk to you behind closed doors about challenges. Exactly right. Exactly. Now, you had an encounter with one patient in particular that I'd like you to share with us about. Yeah. Um, actually, this patient came, you know, right at the start of my decision to kind of seek healing and to to get better and mm-hmm. to seek out the Lord again. And I was on the wards, actually. It was a weekend. A weekend. It was a Saturday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have weekend ward rounds that we have to do just to make sure that our own patients are stable and they're okay for the weekend because there aren't many doctors on. And so I had done my round. I had seen all my patients and any doctor who does a weekend ward round, you just want to get in and out as mm. quickly as possible, <laughs> get back home, yeah. you know, no hiccups. Every time I've done one of those weekend rounds, I have spent the entire evening in the hospital because things have just not gone right. Mm. So this one I'm like, no, I will in and out. I will finish quickly. And so I remember getting onto this ward for a second time mm-hmm. when I had finished all the work. I don't actually remember why I came back onto the ward. And this man met me in the hallway on the corridor and he 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 almost begged me to go and sit with his daughter. And I said, oh, like, I'm, I'm a cancer doctor. I can't help you. She's not my patient. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what I'd do for her. Yeah. And he said, please just sit and talk to her. She needs someone to talk to. I said, all right, you know, again, I went into medicine as a service, as a, as a ministry, and mm-hmm. maybe this yeah. is part of the ministry. So I accepted the call and I went and I sat with this lady and I asked her, how is she, her name, why is she in hospital? And it turns out she came into hospital after an overdose. Mm-hmm. And so she was being monitored in hospital. Thankfully, she was medically fine, mm-hmm. um, but they needed to monitor her and give her the help that she needed mm-hmm. before she left. Um, and so I asked her kind of, took a big gulp and I, I braved it up and I asked her if she really wanted to end her life, if her overdose was a reflection of her wanting to to not be here anymore. Mm-hmm. And she said, no, I just wanted the pain to go away. Mm. And so we got into how she's battled with a chronic illness. She's now a single mom of two young kids um, she's got this pain again. Nobody really knows the origin of the pain and she's struggling and she's in and out of hospital and she just took all these painkillers to try and numb the pain, to try and stop her from feeling it anymore. And I remember her saying that to me, her saying that she just wanted the pain to go away was the slap in the face that I needed. You know, I could see how this you know, young lady was hurting herself and she was hurting her parents and her kids all because she innocently wanted this pain to go away. Mm. And so I am sitting in the chair opposite her thinking, God, how could you send me to help this woman when you know I'm almost in the exact same spot? You know, I'm crying out for someone to take this pain away. Mm. I'm pushing people away. I'm, I'm hurting the people around me because I'm not getting the help that I need. And I've pushed you away, God. I've pushed you away, mm. the one person who could really help me. And so her saying all that stuff back to me just woke me up. 
Mm. I looked her in the eye and by then, you know, I was crying right alongside with her and I I said, look, I understand the pain, I understand the isolation and I'm right here. Mm. I'm struggling right here with mm. you. How could we help each other? And so from that point, it was a wake-up call because God sent me to see her. God sent me to mm -hmm. talk to her. Mm -hmm. But how? How could you send me, God, when I am doing the exact same thing? How could you send me to minister to someone who really needs help when I need help? So at that point, I almost kind of stepped out of my skin I said, I need to change things now. You know, nobody's going to come and get me out of this rut. Nobody's going to come and fix this unless I let them in. And so I needed to let God back in and I needed to get the help that I needed to get better, to be able to serve his children more, to be able to serve my own child who I feel like I had blamed for my predicament mm. and I just needed to turn things around. So it was no coincidence that I randomly ran into this man who begged me mm -hmm. to talk to his daughter. Mm -hmm. God needed me to see what I'm needed for. God mm -hmm. needed me to see that he's called me for more, that I'm here for more. I'm here for something eternal, an eternal work that I may not understand. Mm -hmm. And although my physical state feels like it's pulling me down in every single direction. I need to break free of the things that were holding me back. And if he had, if God had answered your initial prayer to just take away the pain, you wouldn't have learned that. I wouldn't have learned that. And mm -hmm. I wouldn't have seen his grace in that period. I wouldn't have seen him meet me in the place of hurt. I wouldn't have known him the way I know him now. You know, he, he is relentless. His love breaks mm. down even the hardest of walls, no matter what you put up. He forgives over and over and he he will meet us in whatever pit we have landed in, mm. in whatever state I have ended up in, no matter how far I've pushed him away, he will still meet me there. Mm. I just need to open my eyes and see him and I need to find ways of finding him in my despair. You're listening to The Story. Today, once again, Dr. Marette Abraham is sharing her life journey and how the Lord gradually led her to a much deeper and more intimate relationship with Him. We'll hear more of her story and more of the insights she's learned when we return. The Story. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. Once again, our guest is Dr. Marette Abraham, who's the author of the book, Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood. 
As we've been hearing, Moret struggled with depression and anxiety and found herself in a spiritual wilderness, questioning God and her relationship with him. But we've also been hearing how God has been gradually leading Moret out of darkness and into a more intimate and rich relationship with him. Now, here's more of her conversation with Eric Scatterbo. For those who don't know the story of Lazarus in the Bible, um, he was a friend of God's, he was Mm. a friend of Christ, and he was ill and his sisters had called to Jesus saying, come, he's sick, please come and heal him, and he never came. And then he died. When Jesus, you know, rocked up to the place, finally the sisters were like, you left, you didn't come, and now he's dead. And so Christ ends up raising Lazarus from the dead And he calls him out of the tomb. So he calls him out of his darkness. He calls him out of his death, out Mm -hmm. of his pit. Mm -hmm. But Lazarus still had to make that walk out, you know, in his half-rotting flesh (laughs) and his bandages. Lazarus had to get up Mm -hmm. and answer the call. Mm -hmm. There's still some onus on us. You know, if I am suffering, if my mental health is suffering, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to speak from the perspective of mental health, Mm -hmm. my mind, just like my body, needs nourishment, needs Mm -hmm. care, Mm -hmm. needs to be looked after. And if my mental health is suffering and I don't get the help that I needed, I may not ever feel better. Mm -hmm. And I need to seek out that help. God calls us and he meets us where we are, but we need to also accept that call. Mm -hmm. We need to say, yes, I'm here. Work do what you want with me, where do you need me to be? And so there is, you know, I always, during that time, I did put a lot of responsibility on on God. I I put it all on him essentially. You're the reason that I'm not sleeping. You're the reason I'm in this pain. You're not getting me out of this. But I took away that responsibility from myself. Hmm. When I started seeing him and I started acknowledging his presence in my pit, in my struggle, then I could answer the call, you know, then I could actually walk back to him and find my way and find my faith again and just find who I was now in this new light, what he needed me to do. And, you know, along with all of that, I had spoken about my career and how I felt like it all kind of went away, but he somehow found a way to get me back on track Mm. Completely out of the blue. And I'll just share this last story with you because Mm. I feel like we always think that God doesn't care about these tiny details in our lives, but God cares about every little thing that we care about. Yeah. And he's here for it. You know, like I had pulled out of the training program, like I said earlier, and I thought that being a mum now, I could only get into, you know, community medical work, you know, be a general practitioner because the hours are better and I'm, you know, that's that's what all mums do in medicine. Mm-hmm. And so I tried to get into the general practitioner training four times, Eric, four times I tried and four times I failed so miserably and I kept failing worse with each time. Mm. I remember before my final exam that day, the Friday, the exam was on the Saturday, on the Friday I walked into work and I was just, you know, I was annoyed and I I just didn't want to do this exam. I didn't see a reason. I'm going to fail again. There's no point. 
And I get a phone call completely out of the blue of someone I hadn't spoken to in years, someone I had did a placement with at back as a medical student mm-hmm. who called me and asked, any chance you're still interested in working with cancer patients? Oh, wow. And I said, look, I've always been interested, but there's no way back into the hospital for me. And he said, look, there's a spot that's opened up. It's not on the training program, but it's just to get some experience until then. Would you like me to hook you up with the people responsible so you can interview? Completely out of the blue. And from there, you know, started my journey into cancer care, back into where I wanted to be. Yeah, back in the beginning. Back in the beginning. And why? You know, there was no reason God, you know, I probably still would have found the healing I needed and and I still would have, my faith would have been improved some other way. And it makes no sense why God would care about something that seems so trivial. But but it's not trivial to him. It's not trivial. No. No. And he cares. And, you Mm. know, all all this time I was waiting for him to send me my flowers, my little bouquet Mm. as a sorry, and he just kept dropping little beautiful, sweet, you know, gestures along Mm. the way that could not be explained in any other way. Mm. This was God telling me I'm here and I will will care for the things that you care about. I just need you to care about you and come back. Mm. And I need you to show up for yourself. And so he kept calling me and kept giving me these sweet little messages and these sweet little love notes and slowly breaking down my walls again. And I, I truly, like, you know, I, 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 when I tell you, like, I now understand his love, the unrelenting, violent nature of his love, mm. I felt it. He barges in when nobody else does and, and so sweetly and so unassuming, but he does. And I, I do really feel like, all these cracks that I feel in my life, all these little holes and these struggles that I feel like gaps, mm-hmm. parts that didn't serve him well, I want those cracks to reveal that love, mm-hmm. to reveal that, you know, relentless love of Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the point of all this. That's the reason that book was published. And I feel like as as sad as some parts are, you know, even after I came to that realisation, after I did, you know, find God again and and strengthen that relationship with him. We went through a miscarriage. We went through a Mm -hmm. loss with our second. Mm -hmm. And I remember the devastation of that. I remember feeling so upset by, again, a a loss that I I know was out of my hand, but still Mm -hmm. as a mum, like I said, you carry this guilt for things that are completely out of your control. And I kept Mm. thinking, is it because I exercise this much? Is it because I run? Is it because I drank this or ate this? And you carry that guilt. And so through that loss, because I had that firm foundation and his love that carried me through all that time, that loss really did just mark another moment to see his grace and another point in my life to see him working. And, you know, after that loss, actually, I I personally had a cancer scare and we were investigating mm. something down that track. But the yeah. whole time when, when I tell you I was at peace with everything that was happening, it's it's true. Mm. I was I just felt okay. I felt like God's got this regardless of whatever pain I may get physically. He's using this for more. He's using mm. me for more. And this child that I lost is a child that's now in his arms. Mm. And, 
you know, I even though I didn't get to meet that kid, I got to be a part of that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he he does show his grace regardless of the circumstance. You know, as I'm listening to your story and hearing the journey that you've been on that God has brought you on, you had an image and an idea of how God was, and you found out that's not how he is. Yeah. I mean, if you want to sum it up very succinctly, you learn he ain't like that, yeah. <laughs> basically. And he's yeah. much better than you thought. Now, some people could say, well, you just needed to read a book on theology. You no, know, the characteristics of God, this is what it is. Here's the dictionary definition. Mm-hmm. Or you could go on a journey like you did and mm. not intellectually know it, but know it. Yeah. You know, your whole being, your whole soul know from experience that God does meet you in the depths of despair yeah. and is with you. And now you know it. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I feel like just with any other relationship we have, you know, before I met my husband, I could have read about him. I could have asked about him. I could have, you know, spoken to yeah. his parents and his friends and gotten to know the ins and outs of Wh- who he is. Which I would strongly and- recommend, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes, you should still do that. <laughs> still do that, but, but, but it's not only going to take you so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, you know, the first time uh, we met, I could have come on really strong and said, I already know all of this about you. And unless I actually commit myself to a relationship mm-hmm. yeah. of love, mm-hmm. I will never get that emotional attachment mm-hmm. to the person. Mm-hmm. And I, the same with God. We we should read about him. We should learn about him. We should read his word. and We should be taking an interest in who he mm-hmm. is, just as he takes an interest in us. Just that offer that little bit of our mind to him. But if I don't have that emotional connection with him, mm, yeah. all he is really is a fictional character that I've read mm. about. But I need to make him real. And the way to make him real is to invite him in. Mm-hmm. Invite him in wherever you are, wherever you into are. The There's, dark like places. I said, the, into the dark places. Mm-hmm. There's no shame mm-hmm. that could separate us from him. Nothing mm-hmm. could separate us from his love. Nothing. Amen. And so I need to make that choice to answer his call and to let him in mm. and so that he could let his light into my darkness mm. and actually show me all the areas mm. I need help with, show me all the areas of things I can improve on mm. and just learn to love him and learn to really love his sweetness. But it doesn't end there. In our remaining moments, please tell us how you're helping others so they can go on a similar journey and get similar insights. Yeah, so firstly, I I hope whoever's listening has gathered that whatever you're going through, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are struggling together. We are all on, on, all on this earth. You know, there's a, a verse in scripture that says, in this world you will have tribulation, mm-hmm. right? That's Christ's promise almost. It's going to happen, We're not. Yep. It's going to happen. We're not promised cushy lifestyles and Instagrammable feeds. And, you know, that's not the promise. The I better promise get on Instagram. I'm not on there, should, but maybe, maybe it's better that I don't. You see what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's the promise is not that it's going to be easy. No. Mm, yep, yep. But, you know, we were never promised justice here. It doesn't make sense why a pregnancy would end so early. It doesn't make yeah. sense to our minds. Yeah. There is no justice in that. But we're... We know we're going to have trials. We know we're going to have tribulations, Mm. but we're all suffering together. 
and our lens needs to be eternal. The suffering can bring about joy that we could have never imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We just need to allow him into that suffering. And so this book, for any mums who are struggling with that, not just struggling in a pit of despair or depression or anxiety or any other, Mm -hmm. you know, physical limitations and losses, but also just a loss of identity and a a struggle with purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. I always struggle with my sense of purpose. And anyone who's struggling with that, that book is for you. It's written for you. And as hard as it was, you know, my entire heart is on those pages and it took lots of courage to press send Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that it can be published until now. You know, if if and then share on the radio <laughs> and share and, and be constantly triggered, but it's fine. Um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, look, it's it's all part of the 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 mission, and mm. it's just to highlight that yes, I'm a doctor. Yes, I I seemed like I had grown up in the faith. I had all the you know we call them protective factors against mm. illness and disease mm. and issues and mental health struggles. I had all the protective factors. I had everything mm. working in my favor. And still, when I say I struggled, I struggled Um, Mm. and I'm still struggling. And this this walk that we're on in life, not just as mums, just as individuals trying to bear his light, it's a hard walk Mm. and it is filled with tribulation and it is filled with trials and we have to just support each other. And so you'll find solace in the fact that, no, I don't have anything together (laughs) i'm held together by the grace of god Mm. but that grace is there for you too and that grace is there for everybody who Mm. accepts the call and just lets him in amen Rhett abraham dr Rhett abraham thank you so much for taking us along the journey the journey that you've been on because in some way shape or form we've all been on that journey thank you so much for having me it was truly an honor and a privilege to speak with you, Eric. Thank you. Well, that's the conclusion of Eric Scatterbo's three-part conversation with Dr. Moret Abraham, who was born in Egypt but has lived in Sydney, Australia, since she was one year old. And it was great to hear her spiritual journey and how step-by-step God led her to a more intimate and richer relationship with Him. Also, it was great to hear how she is now helping others who may be struggling with similar issues related to motherhood. Once again, her book is Mama, I See You, Finding Glimmers of Hope in the Trenches of Motherhood. To learn more about her book and to listen to her podcast and read her blog, you can go to her website. It's mamamd.blog. Once again, that's mamamd.blog. Dot blog. As we've learned on Moret's spiritual journey, we are not alone in our struggles. First of all, God is always there for us. And secondly, other people are there for us as well. We need to resist the temptation to bottle everything up that is bothering us. Rather, we should find trusted family and friends to share with who can lighten our load and encourage us. As the saying goes, a problem shared is a problem halved. Also, the Bible says that we are to pray for each other so that we may be healed. Well, thanks so much for joining us for Dr. Moret Abraham's story of spiritual growth. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. 
So they baptized 55 people in a river. And it was just amazing, actually, to see. And families went to the water with the people who were being baptized. Kids, in the same time, was playing in the water. And I felt, you know, that's as it should be. It was so much joy. Gabby Hoidinger is originally from Hungary and has just come back from doing ministry work in Ukraine. She's a missionary to the Gypsy people in Hungary and neighbouring countries and was sent there by her church here in Australia. How did this all come about? We'll hear Gabby's story next time. The story. story. Just another way vision is helping you look to God daily. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.